0: Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, Every single day, 365 days a year, for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zippybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zippy Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zippymag.com. We have classes at zippyclasses.com. And I recently opened a book. Hi, everyone. As I mentioned before, on the weekends, I am re-releasing some of my favorite episodes from long ago that maybe you heard but forgot or you never heard. Anyway, today I am re-releasing my conversation with the one and only Alicia Keys, which was so crazy to even do. I was freaking out at the time, and she remains, you know, one of my most favorite episodes, and um, I'm just such a huge fan. So enjoy my episode with Alicia Keys. Hi everyone. I had the privilege of interviewing Alicia Keys recently, which was just so amazing and I just love talking to her. For those of you who might not know who she is, which is impossible, but just in case, Alicia Keys is a modern-day renaissance woman, a 15-time Grammy award-winning artist, songwriter, musician, producer, an accomplished actress, a New York Times best-selling author, a film, television and Broadway producer, an entrepreneur and a powerful force in the world of activism. Since the release of her monumental 2001 debut album, Songs in A Minor, Alicia Keys has sold over 65 million records and built an unparalleled repertoire of hits and accomplishments. Alicia's forthcoming seventh studio album, Alicia, is slated to be released worldwide later this year. The first single, Show Me Love, earned Alicia a record-extending 11th number one on the Billboard Adult R&B Songs Airplay chart. Current single, Underdog, was the most added song at Top 40 Radio upon its release and has already topped the US iTunes chart. Alicia released her new book, More Myself, A Journey, on March 31st, 2020, through Flatiron Books. I am so excited to present my conversation with Alicia. Enjoy it. Hi, Alicia, how are you? Yay. Hi, Bibby. <laughs> Hi. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I actually, I hope this is okay. Just for the first two seconds, I have my two daughters here who are huge fans of yours, and they're six and 12, and they just wanted to say hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> Okay, how that, are you doing today she said how are you doing today good uh, we're doing good <laughs> oh I'm glad they spend half the day singing this girl is on fire so <laughs> I love it and you're on fire I'm so happy to hear your voices you're amazing oh thank you so much for doing this with me it's really just amazing <laughs>
2: I'm so excited I'm so happy that we could get on the phone
0: does everything sound good like the reception and everything I think so does my does mine sound okay to you yes yeah, all sounds perfect awesome well alicia thank you so much for coming on moms don't have time to read books this is such a huge treat and i really appreciate all of your time <laughs> i'm so happy to be on and let me tell you i'm so excited what you're doing and
2: there's nothing more true than moms don't have time to read books because i'm always complaining like, I just want to read a book. That's just what I want to do is read a book. <laughs> Seriously,
0: it's like the second I sit down, someone's like jumping on top of me or like pulling the book away or something. It's always something.
2: <laughs> I know, it's really hard. And then if you, and then you're like, that's okay, I'm going to read it tonight. And then you get in bed and then you're asleep. It's exactly what happens.
0: Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I'll just read a few. Well, let me just check my phone first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same, same thing. Well, I'm glad we found the time. <laughs> me, too, me too. And your book, on the other hand, did not put me to sleep at all. War Myself is fantastic. And I loved, by the way, being able to see on your Instagram how excited you were about it, because that just made the excitement even more contagious when you're jumping up and down and <laughs> doing your little, you know, celebrations. It's so awesome. But I am. I'm so
2: excited about it. I, I love it, and it's been you know such a such a project and such and it's and it's so different from writing a song because it it just it's i think it you know in it does compare to creating an, a whole body of work though because even though writing a song does take a little bit of less time, creating the entire body of work or an album or you know a project or whatever does take a considerable amount of time so so the book it, the book as well took. Such, it's such a lengthy process, and it's so kind of tedious. And you want it to reflect what you really want to say properly, and and it covers such a long spectrum of time. So I really am excited about it because I feel like I've been able to achieve what I wanted to achieve, and I love how people are responding to it, and and how it's a conversation that we can all have together, especially right now in the world, and just because where we all are, and we're all trying to figure out who we are, and I guess that's going to kind of be a constant thing we're doing, maybe for the
0: Totally, especially now. I love how in your book you talk a lot about creativity itself, kind of like what you're saying with the difference between a song and a book. I could just read this one quote. You said, creativity is inherently messy. It's chaotic and nonlinear. It comes to life in fits and starts, disjointed and seemingly random. So I was just hoping you could talk a little more about your creative process with whatever you're trying to achieve. Yes. Well, yes,
2: I do feel... I do feel like that about creativity. I never have a, an exact way that it happens. In fact, it's, you know, constantly intimidating. You know, I think that it's always, you, you never, the fact that you don't know how it's going to actually come to fruition is also part of the magic. And that part of it that I think I'm most addicted to, I, I most crave is that surprise. you know, and even after doing it for many times or writing songs for a long time or, you know, playing playing in front of many people or whatever it might be that you do, it still has this, this insecurity part of it that is, I think, the purest part of what what creating something is. So it, it, it does, doesn't does have a straight line. And, and I think I like that the most about it, to be honest.
0: <laughs> I feel like that might intimidate some other people, the, the lack so? of sort of control or linearity. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I mean... Maybe not creative people.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I guess that's why I said it, because I think that sometimes people maybe think that it might be easy for some people, you know, and, and sometimes maybe we stop ourselves from trying our version of creativity because we see other people and we might see them be successful at it or what we assume success is or what we attribute to success. And and then we think for ourselves, well, I couldn't do that or I, I probably wouldn't be able to do it. And so then we don't start. I thought sharing that is intimidating for me. Creativity is also intimidating for me it was kind of maybe more encouraging just because for everybody, there's this there's this, there's this unknown about being creative or about putting together something that you've never done before or that, that has never been done before or specifically that, you know, no one thought you could do or however it might unfold, and there's something really scary about that. But I think the scariness, once you get over it and push yourself past it and just give it a shot, you find you find something that's really special that comes out of it.
0: No, absolutely. Can you tell me a little about your decision to write this book, which you call a journey? What made you decide to write it, and how long did that process that you were describing before actually take? Man, it took it, I mean, it was at least
2: two years. Mm-hmm. It was so interesting because it's not, because obviously I haven't written a thousand books. I, 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 and I don't know. Again, I would, I would wonder because for me as a songwriter, I've written so many songs, but still, I find myself that I. I at the beginning of writing a song, I'm, I'm like, "Well, how do I do this again? Like, what do I do? How do you actually do this?" <laughs> I, find, I find that I'm always asking myself that question. So perhaps even if I wrote a thousand books, I'd still be asking myself that question in that world as well. But because it's such a new process for me, it was so interesting, and and part of it was part of it was terrifying and and definitely like daunting because I was like, "This is this is crazy. How do you go back and?" think of all these pieces but the inspiration really came probably around my album called Here I really started to ask myself a lot of questions it was the beginning of my own search for my own identity and who I am and who I want to be kind of who you become in the world because you think you're supposed to be that and then who you actually are or who you actually want to be and i was starting to really ask myself those questions because i started to realize that i maybe was who I thought people wanted me to be. And I didn't realize that that had taken me over so much. So I started to kind of dissect the ways that that was happening and different moments in my life were revealing that I was quite mm, oppressed, I, I would use the word, from the standards of what it is to be a woman, what it is to be a successful woman, what it is to be, quote unquote, beautiful, what it is to be, you know, beloved or whatever it is. And And I started to find myself kind of changing myself or being extra concerned when I pick up my kids from school, you know, do I look nice enough to go out with and all these things that were really, I just truly didn't understand how convoluted that was, how that was affecting me. And I didn't even realize that I was like that person. I never even thought I was that person. I thought I was super independent and completely a a, a feminist and really strong and, And I realized, wow, there's so much of me that I'm discovering. And so that discovery started to uncover parts that I wanted to share and I wanted to think more about and and really challenge the way that we're told to be who we think we're supposed to be because we see it in front of us since the day we're born and, and we don't really get a chance to meet ourselves. And that was what I was starting to do. And I wanted to share my personal journey with discovering more of myself.
0: It's amazing. I love how early in the book you talk about the photo shoot you went on and how you were basically against, not against your will, but just slightly manipulated in a way that sort of set the course for being careful not to let that happen again forever and how that became a symbol for you of how you needed to use your voice and become who you are and all of that. Can you just talk a little more about that moment?
2: Definitely. It was the very, very first time that I you know, had been asked to do a pretty important photo shoot with a really important photographer. And, and it was the very beginning of everything. And, you know, here you are, you're you're a young, up-and-coming artist, and you really just want people to hear your stuff and start to know it and be excited about it. And, and, it, and it seems like it'll probably never happen because that's, you know, that's usually the way it all crumbles. And so when I found myself in this space with this photographer and for this magazine, it was the very first time I had done. I hadn't done a ton of photo shoots either, and and they photo shoots in themselves are just awkward. Like, you know, what do you do? Like, where do you stand? <laughs> How are you supposed to like look? What are you supposed to smile? Do you not smile? What's the face feel like? Is what tilts it? Like, you don't know what to do. You just you're standing in a blank room with a person. It'd be different if you had a bed to sit on or a chair to sit on. You could actually do something that's just normal. But it's completely unnormal. It it feels totally weird. And so, um and so it was my first time on top of all of that. And so the you know, you also discover that people often are looking for an angle, they're looking for something to sell, they're looking for something that's racy, they're looking for something that's, you know, gonna challenge or spark interest. And I didn't know any of that. I wasn't thinking of any of that. And so you know, the guy kind of started to suggest that I, you know, pull my pants down a little more like this or cover my shoulder a little bit like this or I pull my shirt down a little bit more like this. And because I didn't know what the hell I was doing anyway, I was kind of <laughs> like, OK, I, I guess would that look nice? You know, because you're you're searching in a lot of ways for approval, which happens, I think, in, in our lives in many ways. You know, for many, you know, it doesn't matter if you're new or not or just starting something or not. We're all kind of looking for approval in some way. And so I thought thought they knew better than me, and I tried it, and I did it. And I felt uncomfortable the whole time, but I kind of felt uncomfortable anyway. So I just didn't – I couldn't tell the difference between my discomfort of just feeling awkward standing in a blank room or – you know, pulling my shirt down too far. And so that all got confused and convoluted. And fast forward three or four weeks later when I saw the picture, I mean, it was, I was devastated. I, I, I looked a way that I never wanted to look. My pants were too far down. My, my hand was covered in my boobs. I just completely looked like I was trying so hard. And I didn't want to be that person. I didn't even know how I got, got there. And but I realize now that, you know, it taught me a lot about speaking up and it taught me a lot about really understanding your own gut. And if your gut is saying like you feel uncomfortable or you don't feel right, you got to stop. What's making me not feel right? I don't like this. That makes me uncomfortable. And you got to you got to speak up, because if you don't, you're going to have a picture on your hand. That's pretty embarrassing or God knows what else. So, of course, I didn't know how to do that then. And and part of it is also the lessons that you learn as you go. And, and you need those lessons so you can't beat yourself up about it, which I did. But, you know, but I, but it affected me <laughs> enough to know that I didn't want that to happen again. And I really, I didn't want to feel that way. I didn't want to feel compromised or feel uncomfortable or taken advantage of. And, and so it, it, it changed a lot for me because then going forward, I, I had a different perspective.
0: I love how in the book, it's not just about you, but it's a lot about motherhood in general. It's about your relationship with your mother and your grandmother. It's a relationship with you becoming a mother. I just wanted to hear a little more about that aspect and how becoming a mother yourself has affected your creativity and even your perception of your own mother's mothering. Because I feel like whenever we all have kids, all of a sudden you look back and you're like, oh, I get it. Like That's how my mom was. How, How has that affected you?
2: Yeah, I mean, motherhood in general has affected me in a really, I feel like an awesome way. I think I definitely met a part of myself that I didn't know before. You know, I didn't know that I could be so tender. I didn't know that I could feel so deeply. And I surely felt deeply prior to it. I definitely, you know, I I felt. I felt deeply in the many songs that I wrote before I was a mother or felt deeply in different experiences I had in the world or seeing the world and all its chaos. And I felt that deeply, but nothing was as, as as potent and as uncontrollably emotional as when I became a mother. So I met a part of myself that I definitely didn't know existed. I also met a part of myself that was much stronger. I didn't know had to be as strong for myself prior to becoming a mother. I was very, very much about always compromising. I found myself to be a super people pleaser, which, you know, to this day, I fight myself against being in a detrimental way. There's nothing wrong with being good to people. There's nothing wrong with pleasing people. But if you're doing it to the self detriment, you know, to the detriment of yourself, then it does become a problem. And I was doing that. I was, I never considered my own well being and I oftentimes just did what I thought was, you know, make would make other people happy. And I met a new side of myself with that because once I had a a baby I I really realized like the boundaries that I needed to set, not even for me, but for the baby. And so by default I started to take better care of myself and and that started to teach me something and show me something and open my eyes to things. I remember I was a super workaholic. Uh, I probably picked that up from my mother. She's always been a very hard worker, always worked many hours and kind of could, could live off of very little sleep. And I became that person. I was that person, but then when I had a, a baby, things weren't as important anymore as, as being actually present in this young, tiny being's life. And, and being able to be home and, and do those special things as a mom. So it definitely started to give me a lot more balance. It started to give me a lot more perspective. And I started to meet myself in a brand new place. So that that was cool. And then I definitely respected my mother on a whole other level,
1: because my mother <laughs> raised
2: me a single mother, you know, she, she, it was just her. And that, you know, is a mind blowing thing. And, and she's, you know, she, she worked all the time. She still figured out how to, she still figured out how to get me in the worst trouble ever. I don't know how she did it. I'm like, you're not even here. How am I not in trouble? <laughs> and, and so she was, she ended up, you know, having to be everything. And somehow she did it. And she definitely had to be tough as nails for a girl growing up in Hell's Kitchen in Harlem in New York City. But she did it. And so, so much of that toughness and that grit and that, you know, that kind of like the common sense that I have came from her really not allowing me to have any room for any foolishness. She would grill me so hard about whatever I was telling her that I, if I didn't have my facts straight and all my thoughts organized, <laughs> I was not making it out alive. Like, I wasn't. And I think that that, that that gave me a lot, even as I became a businesswoman and as I became a, a person who had to control my own life and my own destiny. There was a certain amount of of just strength that came from her. And now as a mom, you know, my, my son, I was telling my friend, my, my, you know, we're, we're all doing this homeschooling thing. And I was telling my friend that my son, he says, I'm mean. And I'm like, I'm not mean. I'm, you know, I, I just want you to do your best. I want you to do your best. I don't want you to just do sort of kind of enough with the time you were given. And now that the time is over, you run away, like do complete it and make it great and be proud of it. You're mean, mom. So I'm getting a lot of
0: My my five-year-old son, we were doing this letter, like, what's your big idea? What do you really want to change? And he's like, I need to get my mom to stop bossing me around so much. <laughs> and I was like, I just asked you to come to lunch. like," And he's like, no, I need, you know. <laughs> I'm like, really? All I'm trying to do is help you. I'm trying to make you a better person. I'm trying to feed you and, like, get you on your silly Zoom call so you can learn about, like, the weather system. I don't know. I'm just, I'm like, <laughs> I've had it up to here. No, I know. My son's yeah. too. And he was, he was so mad at me yesterday because when I would
2: see, you know, if he was in the living room, I was like, hey, Jen. And then he was coming out of his bedroom and I was walking up the stairs and he was like, oh, I was like, hey, Jen. He's like, mom, are you going to say hi to me every time you see me? I was like, uh, yeah. I can't just say hi to you when I see you. It's like, no, mom, I really don't want you to say hi to me every time
0: you see me. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> so I get it, man. I'm like, what the hell? Like, damn.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love how five-year-old boys are, are running our families at this point. <laughs>
2: hey, I'm like, you You are such a damn.
0: But they're so cute. Yes, yeah. oh my god, The cutest, the cutest and the hardest. <laughs> So true. So, how do you? I mean, everybody always asks, you know, how does everybody keep it all together when there's so many different things? But even in your book, you, you talk about how, you know, an artist's life is teeter totter, as you call it, and how you're holding your family tight as you navigate all the ups and downs and just the craziness of life. And your life, I would think, in particular, being such a public person and accomplishing so many things from all these albums and the book and all the rest. Like, how do you stay sane? How do you do it?
2: Oh, man, how do I stay sane? How do we all stay sane is a really, really good question. I mean, there's a couple of different ways that I feel I stay sane. And suddenly now, I feel like I have to relearn that, how to stay sane in a whole (laughs) new way. I don't know. For a while, I wasn't doing very good with that. I wasn't really sure how to balance it all in in the one space that we're all staying in, you know. But I really like to, I'm a a big, I love to organize things. I tend to like things very organized. I like things very tied up in a bow, which I've also learned how to get a little looser on because sometimes it's not going to be a bow and you just need to let the bow go. And it's okay if the faces <laughs> are frayed all over the floor and it's all right. If the wrapping is like you didn't put it away and it's okay. It's it's all right. So I'm learning that and I think that really helps me to stay sane. I like the the organizing part. When I say organize I like to create space or time. I like to calendar things, even, you know, just making sure that things are you know, they have their space. And that 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 also means me having my own space. So like even in this circumstance, a lot of the times one of my sons is actually having to get up really early to start his school thing. And so I have about an hour and a half between when he starts and to when my other son starts. and i'll I will take that hour and a half and I will you know do a meditation. I'll even do a workout. and it's early. It's like six a m or you know, from 6 to 7 or 6.30 or 7.30. And sometimes I just don't want to do it at all, which is fine. That goes back to the bowl and the paper being on the floor. That's fine. Just honor that when you need it. But when I do do it, I find that I feel like I've given myself my own time. I've given myself time to just kind of think and be quiet before it gets all noisy and loud. And that really helps me stay sane a lot. I I found that I need I need quiet. Whereas my husband, like the first thing he does when he wakes up, he puts on music. Everything gets really loud when he wakes up. Me, I need quiet. And so I figure that out. And so I give myself that, and that helps me. And just that little thing, that one hour, makes a difference. And and, and then I and then I feel more sane. So things like that help me stay sane and 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 help me just kind of like make my way through it all. I'm definitely getting more comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's my latest realization, even with the current state of everything. You know, it's not comfortable. We don't exactly know what's going on. It feels like we're confused. Many of us are probably quite anxious. You know, you feel fearful, you feel worried, all these things. And I found that I've been wanting to just be comfortable being uncomfortable and just sit in that. And that's okay, too. So that's some of the pieces that I can help me stay sane. How about
0: you? Uh, I mean, first of all, my husband and I are the same way. I like know when he wakes up because all of a sudden, like the house is blasting with music. And I was like, okay, he's up somewhere because (laughs) now he's turned on the whole music system. Whereas the other day, you know, my five-year-old, this same guy like, woke me up at 4.15 just to let me know he had to go to the bathroom, which is great. And then, of course, I couldn't fall back asleep. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get up so I can sit in my house and have it be quiet. I don't care that it's 4 in the morning. I just want that moment to sit in my kitchen and not have anybody bother me. And so I did. And yes. it was great. Yes. All about that. <laughs> so I I, underst- I understand what you're saying. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I do stay sane these days. But yes. Um, and by the way, I think what you said with letting the bow go, because I am a perfectionist also, and I just like everything to be perfect. And that is like such a great mantra. I feel like you should make a whole T-shirt line. Let the bow go. Cause mm, <laughs> that just okay. is so, that's so helpful. Oh,
2: I feel you. I'm so with you on
0: that. t shirts yeah. coming. Let the bow go. <laughs> okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> so now that you've written this book, you have a new album coming out. I mean, this is so exciting. What are you most excited about next, assuming we ever get out of our homes? like what is mm. when you look forward, what are you just like, "Oh, I can't wait for this," or this is getting me through this time well i'm I'm really looking forward to a lot some good hugs. So just
2: let's start there Aww. for two seconds. Like you know, there's a lot of arms that I haven't been able to hug and a lot of people I haven't been able to hold. And I would, I'm really looking forward to just like holding them and hugging them. And, and I was just thinking about that the other day, like just that simple act is going to feel really good. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. I'm looking forward to, I, of course, I'm looking forward to the, to the music that I created coming out into the world. The, the album is called Alicia. And I actually, you know, I decided to hold it during this time just because we're all figuring out where we are and who we are and what what's important and what's going on and of course music plays such an amazing part of getting us through so it would be on time anytime, but it just feels so I've, I I was gonna put it out kind of in in this time frame and I decided to wait a little bit so I'm definitely looking forward to people hearing that music and continuing to hear more of of what I what I created with that I'm also looking forward to maybe rethinking the over over busyness you know the way that
0: Mm-hmm.
2: somehow, you know, we, we feel like if we could just be busy, we're somehow achieving something. And I want to continue to think about that. And, and how do I want to relate to that in the times when things will be a little bit more, at least hopefully not back to normal, because I hope that we are able to move forward. And get better, so i I feel like we don't want to go back. We want to go forward, but obviously we'll be able to move around more and travel more and pick up business as usual a little bit more. And I'm hoping I want to think about how I want to relate to that business. That's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm thinking about, but i that's some of the things I'm looking forward to and that I'm thinking about and and wanting to do. so there's a lot to look forward to, but you know i I'm looking forward to kind of rethinking certain things and and making sure to not forget
0: that's great I hear you on the hugs I'm I'm really Mm. looking forward to that too (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't want to take too much of your time but I was just wondering as the sort of consummate songwriter and now author of more myself what advice would you have to other artists who are are trying to create works in whatever format be it song or film or book what what advice would you have man I think you know it kind of was how we started and
2: and and my advice would be to be unafraid of the insecurity and to be, okay, maybe you can't be unafraid of it because it's hard and, and, and the insecurity is real and and the doubt and all these things that come into our heads that make us try to you know, feel like we are unable to achieve something, but acknowledge that everybody feels that and everybody goes through that and no one really knows what they're doing. Everybody is just kind of trying to figure it out. And so I would say to, you know, have the will to try, to try your idea, to try to put it out there, to put it into words, to put it into song, to put it into action and, and know that, that what you're going to learn from it, what's going to come back from it is going to surprise you in the most amazing way. and it's going to get you to the next place that you're meant to go and that's what I would share
0: I love that thank you so much thank you for sharing all this time with me and all my listeners and your amazing book and your amazing songs even your the the Kobe Bryant I mean that the Grammys were just like oh my gosh you've just been like a, a real leader in authenticity and I just have so much respect for you so thank you so much
2: Oh, I love that. I love those words so much. Thank you, you as well. Thank you for shining and being so yourself and allowing us to remember to be ourselves and that imperfection is perfect. And I'm so glad that we could connect and I'm so blessed to be a part of your show. So thank
0: you for having me. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. Thank you so much.
2: Yay, you did it. Yay. (laughs) Yay. All right.
0: Thank you. It's so nice.
2: And we'll talk soon. You
0: too. Okay, that sounds great. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.